Corinthians chapter 2. I'll have to offer a few statements and preface as we begin today. And first for those that are traveling or home on vacation or in some other location besides in this room, I welcome you all of our online church and people that are watching and participating in this service. I welcome you today and I know that the Lord can meet you where you are. Amen. And he is omnipresent. So that means he can be in every place at one time. And he is in every place at one time. He's omnipresent. We are limited in scope and design. We are limited in geography. Now, of course, there's one small issue with that. Your body can be in one place and your mind can be gone. Who is sitting next to someone? You know their mind's gone. Okay, don't raise your hand. I did, was, that was a bad. I know they're gone. They're already. Those people fulfill Acts 2.39. They're afar off. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. So offensive. In preface, I would say that I learned this lesson... At least 30 years ago, I learned this lesson, and I hate to date myself, but a couple of things that happened to me, and a very unique opportunity came when I sat down at a piano bench, and uh, a man who was well-known had me sit with him, and as he played the Steinway, he modulated all of those chords and said okay Jeffrey I want you to sing and I'll modulate and you see how far you can go and when we were through after about I don't know 30 or 40 minutes he said I'm going to put you in the band a particular group and it looked so good to me and um, it was a couple of different people that spoke to me afterwards and Tim Pedigo said to me we're sitting somewhere and I was kind of sulking and he said not every door is the right one <clears throat> amen In preface, I would say to you today that I wish to preach to everyone here and everyone who's watching and everyone who will watch. I, my desire is to preach to everyone. And I, I am positive and want to stay positive. But instinctively, I know that there are going to be a few people walk out of here and you won't have a foggiest thing what I've said. If your mind is so far away from God. So if you can do this when I pray for you, that you would captivate every thought of your mind and heart so that you can understand the word. You can do it right now. You can do it today. And I want you to. But if you leave here and you're, you're confused then before you ever get back to this word, then you go to your house. You turn off all the noise and the things and open up your Bible. You get to your couch or your chair. You put your face in a pillow and you ask God to change your mind and the thinking of your heart. Because what I'm doing today is a spiritual endeavor. I've been eating this word for a long time. And specifically what I'm preaching to you today is born out of the Spirit. Amen. So I have to read and then we have to have understanding. And God is going to talk. He's going to speak 
clearly and he's going to speak prophetically and he's going to speak with a word of wisdom. Amen. I already feel it on me right here, right now, where I'm standing. I know it. It's not because of me. But it is by the Lord, by the authority and the will of God. He drew you here. He designed this moment for you. Don't despise it. All right. Mm. First Corinthians 2.10 But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So let me help you with that. Who knows anyone's thought except the man who's thinking them? In the same way, how do you know the thoughts of God except through the spirit of God? You can't know what God's thinking without the spirit of God. Paul would later write to another church. He would say, you're not, you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If the spirit dwells in you, then you're in the spirit. And if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you don't even belong to him. You're none of his, Romans 8. Verse 12. Now we have the spirit. I'm, I'm sorry. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Just stay right there and look at the verse again. There is something you've received. It's not the spirit of the world. Because if you have the spirit of the world, let me just say this. If you're worldly, you can go to church and be worldly. There's a lot of worldly people that go to church every Sunday. They have no idea what the spirit is saying. But if you've received the Spirit of God, that's how you know the things of God. Amen. Today, for a little while, I preach to you doors. Amen. Now, before you're seated, we're going to pray. And I want you to pray that the Lord would change your mind, your heart, your thinking, so that you can hear what the Spirit has to say. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Father transform my heart and my mind so I can hear from you I want to know what you're thinking I want to know Lord I want to know the things of God and I have to know them by your spirit and I pray Lord that we would know all things freely in Jesus name in Jesus name amen change our hearts and our minds Lord so that we can have an understanding of what the Holy Ghost is speaking to the church today hallelujah <clears throat> amen everyone said amen please turn to someone next to you and tell them uh, that they are a wonderful looking person and you're so glad to sit next to them it was a letter written to the church at Corinth in which Paul had promised to eventually come and see them he does not appear to dismiss them or To negate his desire to visit with those saints in the city of Corinth. In fact, the letter is a very personal thing. It's, it's intensely personal. But at the end of it, Paul reveals that he cannot leave Ephesus. Because something is happening in Ephesus. I'll read it to you in 1 Corinthians. For a great door 
and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Hmm. Lord knows that I do not want to bypass the second half of that verse, many adversaries, but for those of you who can grasp the brief statement that I'll offer, you will... You will never do great exploits for the king and the kingdom and be left alone. The greater the work, the greater the opposition. Paul says, there's a door open to me, an effectual, and I need to stay where I'm at until Pentecost. Which implies that his assumption is that Pentecost there in Ephesus will be the height of this outpouring of miracles, signs, and wonders, and the Holy Ghost. And so he knows, and he's telling them, there is a great door. And I would just stand here to tell you, there is nothing like a great and effectual opening before the Lord. And God does that. No one can open a door like the Lord can open a door. And when God opens the door, hell itself cannot force its closing. When God opens the door, nobody can close it. Amen. God has opened for doors, God has opened doors for people and put them into positions for which they were not qualified. You don't need to be qualified if God opens the door. <laughs> The disciples were at a crossroads. They were preaching. They were working miracles when the Jewish high council met. And one of the council members, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, the Bible said he had a reputation among the people. And he commanded to put the apostles in front of them and said, let's just give them a little space. And he said, refrain from these men. Don't, don't harm them. Let them alone. For if this council or this work be of men, it'll just dissipate. And then he said these words, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. If this is of God, and you're fighting against it, you're fighting against God. Uh-oh. People cannot shut that door. Bitter waters are swallowed up in the sweet, if it be of God. If he opens it up, there is not a council in this world. There's not a group. There is not a negative spirit, some besmirching person. No one can close what God has opened up. Not a government, not a principality, not a monarchy, not a governor, not a congressperson, not a president, not the school system, not your doctor, not your enemy. If God opens up the door, nobody can close the door. You got to get that in your spirit. I stand here to perceive there's a great and effectual door opening up in this house today and in this environment and in this place. Hey, you got to receive the open door. I want to tell somebody, do not be afraid. If the Lord is for you, anybody who fights it, they're going to fight against God himself. And to date, he's never lost one battle. He's never lost one victory. He holds them all. And his train fills the temple. Watch now. Even well-meaning people have often stood in the way of God's open door. But I declare to you that even good-hearted people can join the ill-intentioned people and they still can't close what God has opened. The saints have walked through doors that should not have existed but when God opens up something to you, there's not a living soul or a devil in hell that can close it. You gotta, this is, this is a spirit message. If you're so pragmatic and so carnal, so ate up with logic and you wanna have details, you're not gonna understand what I'm preaching today. You gotta be led of the spirit. How do you know the things of God unless you have the spirit of God? 
if you pour into yourself the spirit of man every day, Monday through Saturday, just pour in all the garbage of the world. If you are consumed, you know more about world news than you know about the Bible. You're not going to understand what I'm preaching today. But if you'll get your mind in tune with the Holy Spirit... I'm not just fighting against carnality or secularism. I'm fighting against information. Because we don't deem just information as something that's sinful. And it's not. But when you are consumed with information, but you don't know this. This is what Hosea said. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Not math, not world history, not geography, not world news report. The knowledge of the word of God. That songwriter, he sang it, right? Years ago. It's old. It's before my time. When he wrote, don't know much about history. Don't know much about biology. But I do know that I, that guy's dumb. I don't want him around my daughter at all. <laughs> Just dumb. But you can get so caught up with all the things going on and your television stay on and your internet stays on 24 hours a day and you're pouring in, but your Bible's closed. You got Facebook open, but you don't got that book open. Facebook dings while you're having church and you just kind of look down at it three or four times while I'm preaching. I think you ought to close that book and open up this book so you can get the mind of God because the Spirit wants to speak to you. How are you going to know what the Lord is saying? (laughs) Uh This is what Jesus said to the church in Philadelphia and I read it to you. It's the angel of the church in Philadelphia. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold I have set before thee, receive this ladies and gentlemen, an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. I like that. And you kept my word. And you did not deny my name. I hope you, I hope you can hear it with your heart. You've judged yourself. And you placed the word of God against your own ability. But the spirit is speaking today. If you will not deny his name. If you'll stay true to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Your little strength. And whatever inabilities you think you may have is not going to deter the power of the Holy Spirit. God's open door was never contingent upon your strength. It is not contingent upon your strength. It's kept by your faithfulness to the word and to his name. Hmm. But I got, I've got to say this again. You cannot live unholy and expect to receive the same benefits that come from the Spirit. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is in God. If you're living carnal and you're living unholy, do not expect the blessings of the Lord. You're going to look around at people and see they're blessed and see what's happening in their life. And you're going to wonder why you're left out. It's not because you don't have a lot of strength. It's because you're not living holy unto the Lord. How how are we doing? (laughs) When the Lord opened up the door to the Gentiles, no amount of argument from Peter or the Jewish people people of the circumcision could close it. Peter, in fact, was on his rooftop arguing with God in a vision that appeared to him three times. And God was preparing the hearts of the house of Cornelius. And God had to change his man so that he could walk through the door of the Gentiles to preach the gospel. It's interesting how many people are available and ready 
to receive the word. But the problem is the people of God are arguing about whether or not they're going to receive it. What you don't know is that people are ready for you. They're, you're not ready, but they're ready. You'll stop arguing with God about what he wants you to do. You'll get there and there'll be an open door and there'll be a mighty revival. You can say, well, I don't know what to say. Don't worry. They didn't know in the Bible either, but he said, I'll put in your mouth in that same hour what you ought to say. You're going to tell me, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not really good in front of people. You're going to be great in front of one or 10 or 20. You don't know because it's not going to be you, but it's going to be God. It's not going to be your strength, but it's going to be the spirit of the most high God. I feel a prophetic word in this house. When God opened the door to the apostolic power and the apostles, he gave his men power to tread on serpents and scorpions. That means spirits of doubt and confusion and demonic spirits. There was no demonic force that could stop them because he gave them power. And when he filled you with his Holy Spirit, watch now. Even your weakness cannot hinder the open door because God does not open the door for the strong and leave out the people that are struggling. He never looked for the qualified. He's just looking for the faithful. Those who are holding fast to the doctrine, to his name, to his purpose, to the mission. I know you got a little strength, but I'll tell you what I've got for you. I've got an open door and nobody's going to shut it. When everything I open, it's going to be open. Everything I close, it's going to be closed. I'm, I'm, I'm almost apologetic to keep going back to this, but I have to keep saying this. If you walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5.16, if you walk in the Spirit, we leave the church and we hear the Word and we want to apply it to our lives. But the problem is we're not living according to the Spirit. And then we wonder, well, that, that wasn't true. Yes, it was true. But it's only for those who are not carnally minded. This Bible works against you when you're not living for the Lord. Uh-oh. Well, that's not very nice to say, is it? Well, that's, that's not the Christian thing. Listen, you better get back to the book. That's what God said. I've given before you life and death. Choose life. But don't, remember, don't forget, there's death also. Broad is the gate. Narrow and broad. There are two ways to enter broad. Many. Bible says hell hath enlarged her mouth. But narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. I'm in this book today. And I love this because we can pray for open doors. Paul prayed for it. In fact, in Colossians 4 and 3, I love this word. He prayed for a door of utterance to be opened. A door of utterance. It was so that someone be able to, could be preaching or was able to preach the gospel. Pray for a door of utterance. I'm not good with my words. Pray for a door of utterance to be open to you. You should just say it to yourself. You could say, well, I don't know. I don't have courage. But pray for a door of utterance. Pray for an open door that you can preach the gospel. This was a prayer. In Acts 14, the Bible says that the Jewish church rejoiced because God had opened the door. And I, and I, and I quote, the door of faith unto the Gentiles. They were rejoicing. They were praying for revival. It makes me know that not only are we allowed to pray for it, but God wants to give us a great and effectual door that no one can shut. There is nothing like that way. It is a way. And this is what I know so far. His way always defies my way. His path is always perfect. Not mine, but his. His direction never fails. He is almost always against the odds. His report never comes from the facts scratched out by intellectual men. His report is always born in the heavenlies. This is what I know so far. 
if I can hold fast to the doctrine once delivered to the saints, something that's much higher than I, and if I preach the truth and baptize in water and spirit and live on Monday like I did on Sunday. Now you can, you can do things here on Sunday, but I wonder if any can, anyone can recognize you on Tuesday or Friday. You ought not be putting your church clothes aside just for a weekend. You ought to be putting on the spirit and the garment of praise on Saturday and Friday and Thursday. I feel this in the Holy Ghost and I see an open door, powerful, full of authority, effectual that no man can shut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's your Bible. The entirety of... Of the land of Canaan was an open door. In fact, God said, and I'll quote it to you, send men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Just send them and look at it because I've given it to them. The problem is when they got to organizing, they came back and brought an editorial report about the open door. This is what they did. They humanized what the Lord had given And instead of walking in it, they decided that it was not possible. And I've come to relay this word to everyone here. If God gives it, he will supply the means to walk through it. The problem was not verse 1 and 2. That was what God did. It was the following verses featuring men with rational minds calculating how they were going to take the land. They were led by their natural sight. They were given over to their temporal thinking. The problem that still exists today is that we hear from God and then we try to compute and figure out how God's going to do it. By the time you get done figuring out, You lost your faith, you lost your word, you lost your vision, you're sulking, you're upset, and you said, well, it must have just been me, or maybe God didn't come through. Hear me, God has never failed, not one time has he ever failed, not one time has he ever left you down. All the promises in him are yes and amen. They're going to be, they will be, they shall be. He's not going to start with you and fail you. If he gave you an open door, he'll give you the means to go through the door. (laughs) Oh. Spiritual promises of God always includes his provision. I don't know how he does it. All I know is that when he opens opportunities to us to preach the gospel, reach the lost, or do something for the kingdom, he always provides the means for that. He always provides the knowledge for it, the wisdom to accomplish it. And in prayer and in study, I, I was praying and eating this for months. I've been eating this. Now, last night in prayer, there was, a, there was a spirit. It was an opposition. I don't even know if it was the devil, but it was a fleshly opposition. I felt it. And I had to stand here to tell you, God did not bring you this far without a promise. He didn't put you in this house for no good reason. He put you because he has a divine will for your life. He has a powerful kingdom work for you to do. That's why you're sitting here. What you don't know yet is that you're about to minister to a lot of people. And you're going to reach people and pull them out of the depths of hell. And they're going to be souls coming through your hands. Don't negate the fact it's coming. There's a powerful open door and effectual door that God has opened to you. It's going to come through your house. It's going to come through your voice. God is pouring out gifts to his people. So don't measure the size of the enemy and don't measure the obstacle in front of you. That's what the 10 spies did. They got into the land. Only Joshua and Caleb came back good. But the other 10, they came back and they said, yeah, it's a beautiful land. It flows with milk and honey. There's grapes. There's all these, there's pomegranates. But they said there are giants in the land. And here's the next statement. And we are as grasshoppers in their sight. I just want to give you a side note about the eating habits of grasshoppers. Grasshoppers do not eat grapes. If that's what you think you are, you're never going to get the grape. 
You're never going to get the fruit. Stop thinking you don't got it together. Stop thinking you have little strength and you can't do anything for the kingdom. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how much strength you have. God has a work for you and there's an open door. Walk through the door. question was this how did they know how the enemy saw them they didn't talk to the enemy i'll tell you how they thought they assumed that the enemy believed that they were weak do not assume that the devil thinks you are weak he knows you are strong he knows you have power he knows you have authority he knows you have the holy ghost Let me tell you what the devil thinks about me. He hates me. He's afraid of me. He doesn't want to see me coming. I'll tell you what the devil thinks about Jeffrey Harpo. He says, I don't want him anywhere near what I got planned. Because that's a blood barge. Holy Ghost filled. One God apostolic believer. Baptized in the name of Jesus. The enemy doesn't want to see you coming anywhere near his plan. Because he knows when you walk in the door and you've been walking in the spirit, there's a power inside of you that can trump every devil in hell. I believe this with all my heart. That businesses have been blessed when they hire apostolic blood-bought Jesus name, Holy Ghost-filled people. I believe that. I believe that when an apostolic young person walks into a classroom, whatever classroom they're in, there's a, there's a, there's a confrontation in the spirit world. I promise you tomorrow morning when you walk into that classroom and you've been speaking in tongues and you've been loving God, just your mere presence, young men, hear me, just your mere presence. When you get in there, you are not alone. You are, there's a heavenly host gathered around you and the authority of the most high God is walking with you. You are not a grasshopper. You are a powerful giant. And you've got the Lord on your side. And there's an effectual door open to you. Whew. Somebody ought to rejoice because he's opening doors. You ought to rejoice because he's opening doors. And nobody can shut them. I wish somebody would just get a hold of it right now. You've got the authority of the Lord himself. Can you just give me a moment, everybody? I want to speak to that pastor that's struggling. I want to speak to you. I want to speak to you and your wife. Do not get afraid when you look out and there's not many people in the congregation. Just know when you're walking in the spirit, God can open up any door. And I'm praying for a massive Holy Ghost revival for your life right now in Jesus' name. He's going to open up doors tomorrow. You're going to walk through something you've never walked through before. I believe it in the name of Jesus. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Walk after the Spirit, everyone. Do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because what I'm preaching does not apply to the disobedient. It does not apply to the reviler. It doesn't apply to the carnal mind. It applies for those who are seeking the Lord. The Holy Spirit is not addressing the carnal-minded person or the rebellious heart. This is not a word for those who are wrong and want to be wrong. If you're wrong, then repent. 
It's okay, repent. If you're new to let me just tell you how we operate out here. This is how we roll. You got a problem. You got an issue. You made a mistake. Repent. It's done. We're ready to go on. This is a place where nobody has a past and everybody has a future. If you made an error and you said you're sorry, Sister Tammy and I are good. You're the one with the problem. You're still remembering. We're not remembering. I can't even remember. I pray this prayer. Lord, help me to forget all the infractions of my brother and my sister. And some of us are on our second try. Some of you are on your third try. Do I have any fourth triers? I got anybody who messed up ten times. (laughs) Last week. (laughs) But here we are. Ain't got much strength, but we got the word. Ain't got much power. We don't got much tenure, but we got the truth. And we're loving God. Woo! Oh, yay! Here's what I say. Here's what I say. I don't know about all the good people, but give me all the people that have messed up, that have been beat up, that have been beat down, that have failed. I think there's a lot more people like that. If you're ready to receive the bounty of the, of the Lord and the spiritual gifts, the authority in the Spirit, the blessings that flow down from the windows of heaven, it's going to take obedience, the love for the word, and the applied name in baptism. Because the Bible says his name is written on his vesture. And his vesture is dipped in blood. And when we come, we're going to have a name written on our heads also. It's, the, it's got to be the name of Jesus. Because God gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, everything is going to bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. And every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. Here's what the Bible says. There's no salvation without the name of Jesus. Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. I believe God is ready to open a great and effectual door in this house. And no one's going to shut it. I want to give you a moment to worship God and thank God for that. And if you want the great and effectual door in your life, I'm giving you a moment to shout and thank God for it. more seconds. for an open door in your business. Thank you for an open door in your family. Thank you for an open door in your neighborhood. Thank you for an open door in your ministry. Thank you for an open door in your school. Thank you for an open door in your classroom. And everybody said amen. amen. I'll let you find your place. I'm almost through. Now listen, I know how this goes, and I wish that the Lord would have allowed me to end right there. 
But in prayer, he would not let me in there. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is not the totality of his goodness. There's a lot more. And I am cautioned in this anointing not to present to you the misnomer of continual open doors. I'm cautioned. Because God is not only good when he opens a door in your life. He's also good when he closes one. <clears throat> oh my. And a closed door, believe it or not, is just as wonderful as an open door. But sometimes we have a problem when God closes the door that we want opened. And we also have a problem when we see something that looks good and it's available, but it's not from God. I want all of you folks to know that you, you feel led to tell things to people. Better be careful that whatever you share is really a word from the Lord and in accordance with the scripture and with your spiritual authority. Because I was reading my Bible and God said there was a moment where prophets were prophesying, but they were not prophesying anything that came from him. So before you share open doors, you better make sure it's from God according to the word and in alignment with your spiritual authority. I want us to rejoice. We must rejoice. But when was the last time you shouted over a closed door? When was the last time you stood up and clapped your hands and said, I praise him? Because he didn't allow me to go through with those plans. I thought they were still so good. Because see, not every open door is from God. And not every closed door is a judgment against you. Many times God just says no. And he doesn't give you a reason. And just so you know, he's still God. And he, mm-mm, uh-oh. I'm messing with somebody's philosophy here. He's not obligated to tell you why. That's your thought. That's your kids getting to you and say, I'd have a lot easier time accepting what you said if you could just give me a reason. <clears throat> if the Lord shuts the door on something that you like, you wanted, the last thing you want to do is whine about it and cry. The first thing you want to do is rejoice because he's just as good to you when he closes it as when he opens it. Because when you're walking, now listen, this doesn't work for everybody. I told you it doesn't work. Because if you're carnally minded, you can't understand that. And you get all bent out of shape because the Lord just, I thought it was going to be, it just came right up to it. And I went through all these interviews and at the end it was given to somebody else. And that was for me, was it? Maybe it wasn't for you. Maybe it's for you to walk through those doors so you could learn something. He had no intention. Do you know how good God is when he keeps you from something? Because <laughs> when you're walking in the spirit and when you're seeking first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, then you will know that all things are working together for good because you love the Lord and you're called according to his purpose. And before you rely upon a cliche, just know this, God is not into our emotional rationale. When doors are closed, they're closed. And of course, our friends console us with these, mm, what I would even say, obscene words. And they say to you, well, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. There is no scripture for that. Someone made that up to console you. They're making up stuff that is not real. When one door closes, another one opens. That's not true. What are you talking about? God is not obligated to open up something for you just because he closed something else. He's not into appeasement. He's holy. Now, I appease my kids to mitigate trouble. <laughs> but that's my human response, and it, it almost never works out. <laughs> but we serve a righteous father. 
And our fathers see things we cannot see. We look at opportunities as a favor. But the father knows what's behind the door. He's not, oh man, he's not Bob Barker. He's going to keep you from that. Because he wants you to have the car, not the toaster. But you're mad because you thought you should have had something better. And what he knows is that's going to mess you up. That's going to corrupt you. That's going to lead you far away from God. That's going to steal all your Sundays. That's going to wipe out all your worship. That's going to demolish your prayer life. That you're, you're going to get too much and you can't handle that. That'll lead you away. You'll get pompous and arrogant. You'll think, I got a lot of money. Now I got a lot of money. I'll just give what I think they need. Uh-uh. He's keeping you from some things. Some of you can't handle wealth. This is very offensive. Some of you cannot handle success because you're not faithful in the little things. If you're faithful in the little things, he'll add to you because he can trust you with the little. Then you go to the medium. You know, he starts you with a little mild sauce. Then you get the medium. He ain't giving you, you ain't getting the jalapeno. You don't have the stamina. So you got to walk through and be faithful to the doctrine and to his name and everything. And walk after the spirit every day. I've watched people try to push things open that God closed. They wanted it regardless of what it cost them. They wanted to get married. Didn't matter. They wanted to have the new job. They wanted to have the new house. They wanted to have the car. They wanted to have the job. They wanted to have the friends. Go look at Balaam in Numbers chapter 22. The king of Moab says to Balaam, you're a prophet. Everyone knows everything you curse is cursed. Everything you bless is blessed. They're bringing gifts. There are men. He's appeased. He goes to God. God says, no, of course you're not going to curse the children of Israel. But Balaam keeps pressing. God said, no, but why don't you guys stay at my house? I'll talk to God again. He keeps pressing. And he brings the representatives of, of Moab into his home. So finally God relents. Uh-oh, better hear this. You never want God to relent. If you press the Lord and move in your own ambition, I promise you there's trouble in your way. Balaam is on his journey. What he cannot see is there's an angel with a flaming sword standing in the path. And, and unless his animal had eyes open, his donkey could see things he couldn't see. And the donkey just laid down, pinched, pinched the leg of, of Balaam. Balaam's beating his animal. He's beating that donkey. He's so out of tune. You see, when you want to do what you want to do, you don't even realize the supernatural just broke out. And the animal starts to talk. Mr. Ed says... That's where that show came from. Why are you beating me? Have I ever been bad? Have I ever done something you didn't want me to do? I'm not just your normal donkey. And Balaam is so driven to do what he wants to do, he don't even recognize... I'm going to tell you right now, if your dog at home, you go, your animal, whatever you pet, if they start talking to you and trying to convince you not to do what you want to do, and you don't say, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> See, that, that's what gets in your brain. Because the door's closed. You want, it, you want it open up so bad. Supernatural is happening over here. You can't even recognize God speaking through the animal that has no voice to speak. And he's actually saving Balaam from having his head chopped off with a flaming sword. God's trying to keep you, but we become enticed. Flattering words have led a thousand people into destructive things. Offers are made. God closes doors and we complain. But when you're walking in the spirit, closed doors are just as wonderful as open doors.
I would love for people to walk in this church and shout and dance. And we would go ask them what the testimony is. And they would say, I was praying for something. And God just closed it. And you're shouting over that? Oh, yeah. He closed that door. You mean you didn't get what you wanted? That's right. God closed that door. And I just want to thank him for closing it. Because it's a lot easier for you to run around, dance, shout, jump, clap, foam at the mouth. Wow. Somebody get a tissue. When I was growing up in church, they would say, that, that, that person just needs a good purging. <laughs> we didn't even have tissue. We had the rolls of toilet paper bringing out just wiping and they had to get purged. I was always praying, God, don't purge me, Lord. Just let me be. <laughs> Looks nasty. Did you read your Bible? Paul wanted to go to a place called Bethnithia. I'll read it. After they were come to Messiah, or Mysia, they essayed, or they wanted to go to this place called Bithynia. But the Spirit said, no, suffer them not. This is what Paul, the apostle, wanted to do. He wasn't there just to go to eat. He was there to preach the gospel. God wanted them to go to Macedonia. They wanted to preach at Bithynia. And how many times, I cannot number them, when good-intentioned people asked to do a good thing, but were told no, and they became offended. What? I wanted to go pass out tracts and witness to my neighborhood, and my leader told me, no, I don't want you to do that. And then their next statement is, why would anyone stop me from doing good things for people that needed God? Listen, if you want to live carnal without spiritual authority, then you're going to walk through closed doors and you're going to bypass open ones. But I'm preaching to those who have ears to hear today that their minds, your mind is tuned in with the Spirit and you want to hear what the Spirit has to say. He's going to open up things to you that you could not open up yourself. And He's going to close things for the sake of your salvation. And your response is this, I rejoice in the God of my salvation. We're going to praise Him for every closed door and we're going to shout for every open door. We're going to dance before Him every time things do not go our way. And we're going to say thank you Lord every time something opens to us we were not expecting. Let me just tell you about your father he's ahead of you he's ahead of you he is before you for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him your father is there when you arrive he's there before you get there before you open up your mouth he already knows what you have need of so I rise to say whether open or closed what that door represents if I'm found the Lord it doesn't matter on Sunday I'm going to shout I'm going to dance I'm going to thank God because he's good all the time I wonder how many people in here would just give God praise for opening and closing. Just stay where you are now. Watch this. The Lord speaks many different ways. He talks to us through his word, through his power, through our prayer life. He'll speak to us. He'll speak to us from the body, from within the body. He can speak to us from without the body. Whatever he says, if it's from him, it's not the content of what he has said or what he has done. That makes the difference. It's my response to what he has says, said or the content of what he has delivered. Because I cannot take his correction with any less joy than I take his blessing. Because he chastises those he loves. <laughs> and he closes doors for my good not for my evil he's doing that because he's ahead of me 
and I'm temporal. And I say in my mind, I want to do that. I got to do that. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to be careful what I say, but Tammy and I have had multiple opportunities. And in each opportunity to do something other than this, God said no. And in a couple of those things, I, I prayed, Lord, is this what? No. Okay. Then we rejoiced and never looked back. I plan on being here to the day I die, unless, of course, the Lord calls us to Maui. It's a possibility. This is what God wants me to do, where he wants me to stand. I've already worn out one place in this carpet. i got to wear out another one. Hopefully not too long, we'll get to another place. If God puts you in this house, he put you here by his divine appointment. To do a work for the kingdom. You're not... If you're carnally minded, I don't have a word for you. The only word I have for you is repent. Get your mind on God. Stop thinking about all the things you want. Stop thinking about how you look and how much you have and what you don't have and all the jealousy, hate, envy, malice, wrath. If you're living a carnal life, if you're, if you're caught in fornication or adultery, repent of that sin and get away from all that junk. You're never going to hear from God. It clogs your mind. You're losing your moral authority. But if you want to hear what the Spirit has to say, get your heart pure with God. Get your mind. Don't play church. Don't be one way on Facebook and Instagram and another way when you're in the, in the house of God. What are you doing? And then you want to know why you can't hear from God and you don't understand the word and the sermons. I'll tell you why. Because your mind's all kind of confused. But if you love the Lord and you're holding fast to the doctrine and the name of Jesus, doesn't matter if you're strong or weak or you're up or you're down, you don't feel good in your body you just got a lot of things going on it's okay we all go through that but even when I don't feel good in my body I feel good in the spirit I'm walking after the Lord even when I don't feel like I got it all together and I can even say God I have a little strength and he's still saying that's okay I got a powerful door open for you I got a powerful door open for you it's an effectual door it's got authority This is what the Lord spoke to me. There is a door about to open up in your life. There are people, not just one, but people in this house. A powerful door is going to open up your life. It's going to be a door of influence. And when you walk through that door of influence, it's not so that you can have a good name and have accolades. It's so you can lead people to the kingdom. You don't have to lead them to this place. You lead them to your house and your table and your back, back, your, your back patio. And you put a barbecue on and you love on them and you're going to lead them here into this altar. You can pray for them and they can be healed in your living room and in your kitchen. They can be delivered at Java Hot. They can be delivered at MCL, at Rick's Barbecue. I prefer Umi Grill. Amen. Okay. I just got sidetracked there for a moment. <laughs> Listen, the Lord's book, there's, there are doors of influence you're going to walk through. Now I got a word for someone else here. You're thinking that you're not good enough, that you're not strong enough. That's beautiful. God loves that too. There's a certain humility in that. I'm not talking about false humility. There's a certain humility in that. All you have to do is say, I don't really have it all together, but I know I'm faithful and I know I love the Lord. And if that's all you've got, that's more than enough. That's right. Because the Lord has an open door for you. And you ought to shout and rejoice over that open door. Hey! You ought to be dancing over that open door. And finally, I don't know if it's today or it's going to be next week, 
but I'm looking for the moment when someone is rejoicing because they were praying for something and it didn't happen and they knew that God closed it thank you Lord thank you Lord amen that's a little harder see I already know that's a little harder I thought she was the one pastor but the Lord closed the door and you may never find out that she's no good dirty scoundrel bunch of other stuff you may never find that out I hope you don't because you know we like to do we, we like to say well I understand now why the Lord closed the door what if you never understand you don't have to understand. You're a child of the Most High God. Your Father knows everything. Right now you see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Right now you can't understand everything. You weren't meant to understand everything. What you were meant for was praise and worship, whether open or closed. I'm giving God praise. I'm giving God praise. He did it for me. He opened it and He closed it. He stopped me and He propelled me. Amen. Uh, Okay, so this is your altar call. Now you're going to come today and you're going to pray that God would open the doors that he once opened in your life. You're going to rejoice over every door that he opens and you're not going to worry about how you're going to do or what you're going to do, but you're just going to know that God's in control. Some of you need to come to this front and you need to lay your weakness on the altar and say, my weakness has been hindering me. I feel inept. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel strong enough. But I'm going to lay it down before you, Lord, because every time I bring up my problem, my weakness, it interferes with your greatness. Some of you need to bring your strength and put it down and say, it's not by might, not by power, but it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. And I hope there's somebody that would just come to this front and say, I'm going to come and thank God that he closed the door for me. I'm thanking God that he did. Because he's a good God. That's right. Come on, lift up your hands and your voices. Because his goodness is in this house.